Welcome back to Be Great with Nate. In today's episode, we're going to go over SIBO, S-I-B-O, also known as small intestinal bacteria overgrowth. So we have a question, SIBO, what kind of workouts should you do? What specific workouts can help with SIBO? Do you focus on portion size with SIBO? and how not to relapse, et cetera. Okay, so in my experience of working with SIBO, the first thing that I go for is low stomach acid. You see, when people have low stomach acid, they immediately get the same symptoms as someone has too much stomach acid, like GERD, indigestion, heartburn, et cetera. But here's what happens. Most of these people actually have too little stomach acid. And when you have too little stomach acid, the body is not able to break down protein in certain foods, but specifically protein. And when the body's not able to break down protein, then you have undigested protein going to your small intestines. What happens from there? Well, you have bacteria that is colonized in the colon, your large intestines, and that bacteria will swim up to the small intestines to break down the food that you couldn't break down, eat your food, which then can create SIBO. Most clients that have SIBO have low stomach acid in my experience. Some symptoms of knowing that you have low stomach acid, you have issues with vitamin B, specifically B12. You have issues with zinc, iron, magnesium. You have one or more deficiencies with those. The next thing you're gonna notice is you're gonna have intolerance to stress, meaning you used to be able to take on a lot more stress than what you're being able to take on today, but now it's like anything stresses you out. You can overreact, you can get shaky, your nervous system is very sensitive as far as um, if you if something's too loud, too much responsibility, a hard workout. These things are overwhelming you now because you don't have enough vitamin B to support you in that situation because protein breaks down in the stomach from hydrochloric acid. Hydrochloric acid breaks down protein into amino acids and micronutrients that then get assimilated in the small intestines. But if there's not enough hydrochloric acid, a person's going to feel a little more tired after eating meat, a person's going to feel sluggish after eating meat, a person's going to feel bloated and gassy, even if we give you meat with vegetables and no, no sugar or carbohydrates. And what happens from here is a person may make the mistake of increasing probiotics with SIBO. So the things you don't want to do is increase your probiotics because if you have too much bacteria as it is, increasing probiotics is only going to increase the bacteria. Fermented foods, so given uh, these bugs, for uh, foods to ferment on, specifically kimchi, uh, kombucha, these things are going to make you feel a little more sick and nauseous. The reason why is because you have an overpopulated bacteria in the small intestines in the area it's not supposed to be in. So what we need to be able to do in this situation is we need to pull back a little more. I also want you to look at your bowel movements. See if your, your bowel movements have food. If you continuously see food in your poop, that's another one. Uh, getting sick after eating protein and getting tired after eating protein, issues with vitamin B, iron, zinc, and magnesium. I just want to make sure I'm getting all of them. And issues with the right hip flexor. I know this is going to sound crazy, but what I notice is a client will have issues with the right hip flexor. There's a, a, a correlation between the small intestines and the right hip flexor, the iliac psoas muscle. And when there's inflammation or issues with the intestines, the small intestines, it usually causes more issues or bloating on the right side of the belly button. And when that bloating occurs, that means that your transverse abdominis, your internal oblique are not going to be able to work properly, meaning you'll have a little more inflammation on that side. And then the iliac psoas muscle, which is a deep hip flexor, will compensate for you. So it will create a tight hip, quad, issues with your knee, ankle, and shoulder. 
It's not automatically going to cause issues with your ankle, knee, and shoulder, but it can over time because that's the kinetic chain, meaning when the hip is affected, everything above and below will be affected as well. Gas that really smells rotten is usually another sign of SIBO as well. So first thing we need to do is we need to increase your hydrochloric acid. And here's a nice little test. This is a test that I've learned. I'm not diagnosing you. I'm not doing none of that. But here's a nice little test that, that works all the time. You take one that you could take steps. This first step I'm going to have you do before you spend any money, you're going to take a lemon. You're going to take eight ounces of water and you're going to cut a lemon in half. After you cut the lemon in half, you're going to squeeze in eight ounces of water and you're going to drink that before eating a meal with protein. After you eat the meal with protein, after the meal, you're going to have the other half with eight ounces of water. Notice if you feel less bloated, less indigestion, less burping, and more energized. If you do, that's a clear sign we have low stomach acid and we need to increase your hydrochloric acid. So what we do from there is we invest into a hydrochloric acid supplement. You can find one in Whole Foods. I will try my best to remember to put one in the description. Um, I've, I have a, the brand that I get is from Whole Foods. It's a really good brand. And what you're going to do is this. And I found crazy results with this. And like I said, this is something you have to try at your own risk. Okay. I have to say that legally. First thing you're going to do, you're going to get hydrochloric acid and you're going to take one before a meal. After the meal, you're going to see if you feel warmness in your stomach area, which is higher up on your belly. If you feel any war, if you feel any warmness, that means that you have enough hydrochloric acid. You have enough stomach acid. Most of my clients don't feel anything. So on the next meal, you increase that to a second one and see if you feel any warmness. And you continue to do this until you feel a warmness. As soon as you feel a warmness, now you met you have the amount of hydrochloric acid that you need as far as the supplement as you need to be able to start rebuilding that hydrochloric acid. So some people, it may take them three to be able to feel that warmness. But I'm gonna be honest, when I get clients that extreme, like always have relapses with SIBO, did every cleanse in the world and continue to have problems, what they noticed is they needed anywhere from 16 to 20. I know that sounds crazy, that's why I said, don't, you know, do more research, try this at your own risk, but 16 to 20. That just shows how low their stomach acid was. They didn't feel any warmness until 16 to 20 hydrochloric acid supplement pills. So after that, then they started continuing to do that. And then after a while, you no longer need that much. It may go down to 13, 9, 6, 3, 1, none. If you feel a little skeptical of trying that, the next thing I want you to look into is you can do apple cider vinegar before each meal. Take a tablespoon of apple cider vinegar, put in eight ounces of water, drink it, and then the second one, take an after meal and drink it. And then start looking at your poop and start seeing if your poop are coming more formed. Start seeing if your nails growing a little thicker. See if your energy goes a little more up. Your hair is no longer kind of falling out because when you have a vitamin B deficiency or you have SIBO, it creates a lot of imbalances with you being deficient in vitamin B, but most importantly with energy and things that interrupt the growth of your nails and your hair and your skin. Okay, so we can start having a bunch of just like weird issues and symptoms that are coming from a lack of vitamin B. B5 is responsible to feed uh, pronetolone that then feeds DHEA, estrogen, and testosterone. What that basically means is you need B5. Now, if you're a vegan or you're a vegetarian, uh, specifically if you're a vegan, you, as you continue to on your vegan path, it's important to make sure you're optimizing your digestion to be able to get 
the protein from the plant because most plant proteins have fiber and layers of fiber that protect the protein to even be digested. So the worse your digestion is, the harder it is to break down plant protein. And that's a fact. So what we want to be able to do is we want to start rebuilding your hydrochloric acid. Another thing we want to, so B5 feeds pronetolone that then feeds DHEA testosterone estrogen, right? But watch this. When a person has issues with stress and too stress, then progesterone steals B5 and cholesterol from pronetolone to feed cortisol because cortisol needs nutrition. And one of the the, uh, vitamins um, that cortisol uses is vitamin B5. So cortisol is not such a bad thing, right? High levels of cortisol all day can be very draining on the body, but we need cortisol. The reason why a lot of people have low cortisol or no energy is and, and very sensitive to feeling overwhelmed to stress is because they may not be having enough micronutrients to feed cortisol like B5. So if you're not breaking down meat correctly, it's going to be hard for you to recover from workouts. It's going to be hard for you for you to take on more tasks or do things that used to be easy, like I said earlier in this podcast. Now, I usually find people that have low stomach acid and create SIBO and this kind of order. Um, usually something traumatic can happen in their life and they get extremely stressed. And stress turns on the sympathetic nervous system. And if you go to Google and you put sympathetic nervous system, you'll see the the reaction of the sympathetic nervous system is gastric acid production goes down. Okay, it turns off. Bile release goes down. Pancreatic enzymes being released go down. So it inhibits or turns off digestion all, all around. And this is important because if a person is, is going through very, something very stressful or if a person is going through a traumatic event in their life, what's going to happen is that stress is going to turn off the production of gastric acid. And then if this person continues to go through their life eating protein, they're going to notice that protein makes them feel tired or they're getting sick or they're getting bad reactions to protein. And then they may, be, they may come across like a documentary or an influencer on social media that's speaking about the importance about being vegan or more plant-based, and then they go plant-based, and then they feel better because their gastric acid isn't needed much to break down carbohydrates. It's really important for protein, but you can get away with uh, you know, a vegan diet with low gastric acid, kind of. Let me be careful and say kind of, right? You're better off more plant-based than meat when your stomach acid is low because you're not going to have the ability to simulate the nutrition from protein. So usually they go more plant-based, right? And then after they go more plant-based, then is the, they do good six months to two years is usually the time frame. But then they start getting really bad digestive issues, extreme bloating, tired, weird bowel movements, sleeping issues, low sex drive. These are the things I see. So when they come to me and I do all their paperwork, I see all of it and I said, okay, this person may be vegetarian, vegan. Then I go and see if they're vegan or vegetarian. They are. And then I, the first thing I go and say to them is, when did you become vegan or vegetarian? Why? And then usually I see that same pattern. So my goal is not to immediately change someone's belief system and say, hey, you have to eat protein or meat. I have to educate them on why they felt sick or, or sad or down when eating meat. And then we increase the meat that they're most comfortable with back in their to, uh, into their nutrition while increasing their stomach acid. Now, maybe you didn't go to vegan and vegetarian route from that experience, but it's just important to know that. Now, what we can do is we test this. We increase the stomach acid, we increase the meat, 
And then we start to decrease any fermented foods along with we test to see what carbohydrates you overreact to. Usually if we feed you too much potatoes, um, vegetables, like as far as that's high in soluble fiber that becomes food for these bugs, then we can notice more bloating and things of that nature. But that's why we focus on the low glycemic foods first. A little bit of berries, green leafy vegetables, meat. And what happens here is when a person's actually developing enough stomach acid and they're breaking down meat, they're no longer hungry. Then they no longer get tired. Then they're no longer craving food because cravings come from a lack of protein in your diet, lack of protein, fiber, or water. And that's been shown over and over and over again. So to overcome SIBO, first thing you have to do is make sure that you're producing enough hydrochloric acid. And I'm very confident on starting this off by saying hydrochloric acid because I see it over and over and over again. Probably 90% of the people that come with me SIBO have low stomach acid. Number two, make sure that there's no history of liver problems. If you're not producing enough bile, B-I-L-E, then you're gonna have undigested fat go to the small intestines. And last but not least, do you have any issues with the pancreas? Are you? Do you have any injury or, or trauma to the pancreas where the pancreas is inflamed or not producing enough digestive enzymes? Because if it doesn't, now we have food that's not being digested correctly. So you see how it's a chain reaction? Stomach, liver with bile, pancreas with pancreatic enzymes. Anytime we have food that goes undigested to the small intestines, then the bugs will eat it for you. Okay, so that's a good start. That's a lot of information for you. I don't want you to overwhelm you with that. Try that for three days and start seeing if your bloating goes down, if things get better. One of the best ways that you don't relapse on it is by starting to see anytime you're you're increasing too many carbohydrates and you're going through hyper and hypoglycemia, which then creates too much cortisol, which then creates you to be too stressed, which then shuts off digestion. That may be an issue. Um, we have to see where the root cause of your stress is coming from from there, from not to relapse. So controlling your stress is going to be very important and getting to the root cause of what causes your body to be stressed is going to be a way we don't relapse that issue. I hope this answer helped you. If you have any questions, you can shoot me a DM on my Instagram or you can, or even on TikTok. I allow people now to DM me on TikTok, but I'm also going to be creating a form where you can send questions in. But I hope this helped you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review, leave a rating. That helps us a lot. Share this with a friend that has SIBO or digestive issues. And then they may be blown away because most people are walking around with low stomach acid, but they are told they have too much stomach acid. Uh, there's a book called The Importance of Stomach Acid. I will also leave that in the link in the description. And it's also one of the references I'll have for the information that I have for you today. I'll see you in the next podcast. Peace.